Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same, quite literally. That's right, and that's me, and I'm here ready to go. Oh, goodness, grumpy old man. Are you in a little bit more of a happy demeanor, grumpy? Yeah, we beat the hated Flyers today, and that's really all that matters. <laughs> I hate the Flyers. Everyone knows I hate the Flyers. I despise them. They're the one team in any sport that I really hate, and it's the Flyers. And we beat them today. And it wasn't just a, a simple, you know, back and forth type of victory or victory where the Flyers even looked like they had control for a short time period. Man, oh man, did we dominate the Flyers from start to finish? Uh, yeah, we're better than the Flyers. Um, even though we lost three straight times to them, I never felt that they're a better team than we are. Uh, and certainly tonight we played a pretty good game almost the whole way through, unlike Thursday, which we'll get into also. Uh, but I'm happy Washington lost tonight. The Rangers did us a favor by beating Washington. Uh, so, you know, today's a good day for the grumpy old man. And I'm going to bring up some things that, you know, last our last podcast went a little crazy. All right, which is understandable, uh, but just some things I noticed. But I am going to remain calm, even though Barry Trotz tried to send me over the edge pregame today, and we're going to get into that also. Well, I don't think he just tried to send you over the edge in pregame, grumpy old man. I think he, I think with that move, I, I was worried. You know how they go ahead and they like give like sounding alarms for people that you think are like, hey, you're on suicide watch, or hey, we expect you know a natural disaster coming your way, Grumpy. That's what I was expecting. I was expecting a natural disaster tonight on the podcast, on the live stream, if, if things didn't go well for the Islanders. And I know that kind of the points you were going to hit, and I'm sure a lot of the, the listeners there, the live stream and the podcast, knew the points you were going to hit on that too. But I'm fair, as everyone knows. Yes. I can get a little hyperbolic, a little angry, a little worked up. But when some of my whipping boys do well, I do single them out. When they do poorly, I'm going to definitely call them out. And, you know, we've had a, just a couple of examples here. You know, Butchie, you know, towing the company line, which kind of burns my butt a little bit. Just pretend like you're, you have a mind of your own. Uh, but he doesn't at this point in time. But we'll get it all into all that because I have the grumpy notebook right here. The Grumpy Notebook. But before we dive too much into it, Grumpy, we have to read there from our sponsors, DraftKings. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season, and this is a time for teams to prove that they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now and claim your free shot at millions of dollars in prizes and total prizes when using the code THPN during sign-up. Daily or playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition and feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more when DraftKings daily fantasy with that with DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Please discuss any teams that you think are poised to make uh, a late playoff push. Uh, with DraftKings, uh, pay comes every day. With from players. So, what are you waiting for? Head to the app now and download DraftKings app now. Use the code THPN during sign up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot of millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN 
uh, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes from DraftKings.com. And a minimum of a $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You know what I noticed, Grump, as I read that? That red highlighted line where it says, please discuss any teams that you think are poised to make a late season push. That's where we're supposed to ad lib there, Grump. That's where I'm supposed to pretend that I watch basketball. (laughs) Well, actually, uh, I don't know about – I don't watch NBA basketball ever. No. And actually college I haven't watched, and the NCAA tournament is going on. I, You know, yesterday I'm like I had got an alert or something, close game, Ohio State and Oral Roberts. Now, I was – a younger when I was a younger person, I remember Old Roberts was a big, a pretty good basketball school, and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I will DVR the last little bit of that game while I was still working, and I said, all right, let me put it on, and I watched the end, and it's just without the crowd, college basketball is just it's like women's basketball. It sucks compared to the NBA. I, I mean, you know, come on, let's be honest, right? So, you know, but to me, the total appeal, and I like college basketball. I didn't watch any this year because we didn't have, you know, there were no fans and maybe watch a couple of games, but there's no excitement. And to me, that's what college basketball is all about is the crowd and the kids getting pumped up for the upsets. And I watched that game. And even when Oral Roberts won, it was like, oh, well, big deal. Like there was nobody there, friends and family, just like, you know, the WNBA. I, <laughs> I won't say it sucks like women's basketball. No, like, it's, it's, better, it's better than women's basketball. It is, but not by a whole lot. <laughs> I'll put you like this. Um, I, I think without the atmosphere and without the fans, you know, the enthusiasm, the gusto of the game is taken out. So, and again, college is not, it's not, people don't watch it for necessarily the skill that's on display. They're watching it because, you know, they have like the support there of that particular university and the fandom. I mean, the kids are crazy about the teams and the sports that they, you know, that they're rooting for. So that's what really brings the enthusiasm and energy there with college basketball. I haven't watched any college basketball games. I usually fill out a tournament on a yearly basis this year. Not so much. Maybe. No, you didn't fill that one? I was about to ask who you picked to, to win it all. But I, I like I said, I didn't pay any attention, and I want to be knowledgeable when I do things. Uh, if I'm doing something, I'm knowledgeable about it. And since I didn't – and even something like filling out a bracket. Well, Grump, tonight was a good night for the Islanders. That it was. Um, I know we'll kind of start right off the top. I'm well, do sure you want, a, a, do we want to start with tonight's game, or do we want to start on Thursday's game? We can start on Thursday game, and we will build the anticipation and the suspense for tonight's game, Grump. Okay. Thursday's okay. game, we were sleepwalking <laughs> through the first half of it just about and had an outstanding third period where we were able to fight and claw our way back all the way, tie the game at three apiece, and we gave up that goal. I think it was the last minute, and I was like, oh, heartbreaking. But, well, I mean, we, the fact is – what I took away from that game more than anything else is this team has the never quit, never say die attitude. That I mean, that's the name of the podcast. Islanders never say die. It's the mantra there of the Islanders back when we were winning cups and we're an outstanding dynasty. It was never say die. And it's funny. It was a goal from the most unlikely suspect, Michael Del Cole, that breathed some life into the Islanders. Um, okay. That's fine. That's what you want to believe. That's fine. We played for about 12 minutes in that game. That was the extent of how we played. It was not a good game for us. I mean, the Flyers, they outworked us. They outphysicaled us. And I wrote some of these things down because I did not want to miss a bullet point on these things because 
And some of my little pet peeves came up again, but I'm going to remain calm this t tonight. I'm going to try to remain calm. Can you tell, am I grumpy? Now, everybody who knows you is going to be like, oh, man, is CJ trying to shackle your creativity? You're yeah. trying to remain calm? I Absolutely. just was like, grumpy. You were very grumpy the last two podcasts. I was about to say, I was just like, man, I said, you're acting like we're in you know, DEFCON 1 over here, like it's uh, all trouble in grumpy town. But in reality, I mean, the Islanders are doing well. Um, you know, but We're not going to win every single game, especially when we get to the meat and potatoes portion of the schedule. Yeah, well, like I said, TJ – Called me to task. I'm too negative. I'm too this. Uh, I'd stop picking on the coaching staff. Stop. I love how you make it sound like I'm a parent who I'm a parent who's complaining about like their kid getting roughed up at school. That's oh, exactly come on. now. That's not at all what I sound like. You Give me a like, break. You know it's like it's like you think you're getting paid by the Islanders and you're afraid <laughs> of losing your gig if you don't shackle the grumpy old man, which is what you try to do all the time. It's, it's you know what it really is. I'm actually paid by Eyes on Isles as well as I'm paid there by Butchie and the Outers organization to be their crony and support every move they make. Well, I'm here to fight the proletariat. That's all I can say. <laughs> I mean, just because you all believe that doesn't make it true. Um, but and I'm, I'm sorry it took so long to get up after the game here today. I have – we have been trying to step up the level of the live stream and podcast. We have like uh, special cameras we're trying to get incorporated in there. But for whatever reason, I'm tech-tarded, so I struggle a little bit when it comes to certain uh, integrating new pieces of technology. It takes me longer than I'm sure it should. So that's what was trying to get up on. was not able to get it up. And for time's sake, I said we will just have to save the new additions there until our next podcast there on – Wednesday. Oh, wow. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, we're going to have the Flyers. And then uh, Boston, is, that game is canceled due to COVID issues. So uh, too bad because I think Boston should just have to forfeit since they couldn't make the game. Uh, well, that's that was, what they're doing in the NCAA tournament, you know. Yes, I know. I wish they would have done it uh, for the Bruins. Give them a loss and us a win. I, I think, think – I think, I think an important housekeeping. I think an important housekeeping note, though, Grump. Really quickly interrupt you is we're going back to our live streams and podcasts Saturday after the Islanders games. So that that time period we were doing on Sundays was just a moment there where the Islanders happened to play a Sunday game. But uh, if there's no Sunday games, we're going back to a Saturday evening live stream time. Just as a quick housekeeping item. Okay, that's good. Um, okay. I just, like I said, the Flyers on Thursday outworked us, out-hustled us. You knew they were going to come out and play better if they get absolutely rolled by the Rangers the night before. You know, usually, okay, on a back-to-back, -back, you're maybe a little bit tired because you played the name that, the night before, but, well, the Flyers didn't uh, take a 9 nothing loss. So, I mean, that was – you knew they were going to put a better effort forward. I didn't expect us to come out so flat. Is that on the coach when you come out really flat like that? Is that the coach's job to get you up for games? I don't know. I'm asking you as a player, you know, Barry is God, one of the Barry is God crew. Um, you know, is that when, when the team doesn't, when the team doesn't show up prepared to play, is that on Barry? I'm just asking a question. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not in a Barry is God crew. Again, I think I do a good job of being, you know, relatively fair. I give him credit and I give him criticism. I probably give him a little more credit than I do, uh, substantially more credit than I do criticism. Um, that being said, you know, when teams come out flat, it, uh, there's, it could be due to a multitude of different things. Uh, you know, uh, well, 
I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't put it directly on the coach because sometimes coaches will do absolutely anything and everything, and no matter what he's doing, the team just doesn't react. Could just be an off night, stuff like that happens. And like you see, coaches will scream, yell, throw trash cans, punch holes through walls, throw like a helmet, smash a helmet in half, like obliterating the pieces. Like it doesn't matter what they do to try to show the energy on their side; it just doesn't reverberate to the players. That stuff just happens. Well, you know what Barry does when they have a night last like that. He benches the young guys and puts in a bunch of veterans who haven't played in a number of years. Uh, yeah, just what that's what he does. Okay, it's what he did. We'll get we'll get to that. We're gonna get to that. That's fine. Um, but I just want to talk about a couple of things. You know, in the third period, we got to see a little bit of Wallstrom, Pajot, and Bellows, which should have been a red flag right there. I mean, as soon as you see Bellows in a line that maybe could be productive for the long term, uh you know that he's going to be sitting the next night. Who knows if he'll ever play again? I guess we can put to rest after tonight. The Barry was a genius for sitting him those games because he knew that Andrews Lee was going to go down and, you know, him talking to Bellows and blasting him in the press was going to make him a better player because he managed to play three or four games and then was back to not playing again after they had one bad game. Which yeah, he, he not- hold on, hold on, Grump. I'll stop you there because you're going to run out of breath if I don't. Uh, I think it was three games Bellows played, three goals over that time period. Um, I think two and one or two, yeah, two and one over that time period also. Um, yeah, again, I, who the hell knows what we're going to do going forward with the lineup? I, I think he's always going to consistently be juggling it. Um, you know, I don't think Bellows is the reason there for the loss against the Flyers, um, you know, on what was it now? Thursday. I don't think he was the reason there for the loss, nor do I think Sebastian Ajo was the reason for the loss. Again, like the team just didn't show up for the first 40 plus minutes of the game. Yeah. And I was actually, you know, concerned how poorly we played. I thought it was, it said something that our young guys were scoring. I mean, I know you have the Michael Del Cole thing still up. No matter how many times it looks like he scores a goal, it was only one. He's breathing life right there into the out. I'm not saying Michael Douglas a god or anything like that, Grump. I do find it funny though, a guy that had like, I think it was like seven or eight shots in the entire season until that night uh, scores the goal. And again, it, I won't say like it directly led to like a catapult of the Islanders' energy, but it did help breathe a little life back into the sails. I know yeah. I still had it up though, but uh, you go. Was, I'll remove it there for you. It's also safe to say that Carter Hart is really struggling right now. That's a goal. Honestly, that should never have been a goal. Um, the Aho goal was really a sniper's goal, though. Um, and we're going to get to Nicoletti as we go on. Um, but I mean, I, I thought, I like I said, Hart was again terrible again tonight. I thought, I thought his rebound con- he couldn't handle anything, and that really helped us. We got a couple of goals tonight. We'll get back to that. Um, hold on, hold on. What do you do? What do you keep doing? We'll get back to it. Get back. Just speak about it. What are you doing over here? I, I don't, I don't want to take a lead and control here, man. Just speak about it. Come on now. I don't want to talk about tonight's game because I want to finish up. There you go. I want to finish up the uh, what I was talking about on Thursday. You know, okay. Bailey, my pal Josh Bailey, had uh, his typical secondary assist on the Michael Del Cole goal. Uh, he does did a little chip out of the defensive zone to uh, Nicoletti who I thought played extremely well. Well, Nick Letty carried the puck here from almost goal line there to this point right here. Makes an excellent job of drawing the defense. Look at this. He draws three different flyers to him. He sees and identifies the open man, which is Ajo streaking down the side. Ajo is able to get it there, put it to the forehand. He gets up, 
in the toy department, and he snipes that shot. Again, like you know, I've been very critical of Nick Letty in the past. He has been outstanding when it comes to distributing the puck on the offensive side. I thought he's done a really good job as a play here recently. As much as it burns me to say, he's done an excellent job playing here as of recent. That was an excellent shot there by Ajo. I mean, that's a real, that's a pure shot right there. Yeah, I think that it's been his best year maybe in the last four or five, honestly, is today. And maybe because he's worried about going – on the expansion draft list, uh, you know, he loves loves being in the country club atmosphere that is the New York Islanders. Oh, come on. And, so, but, I mean, he's played well, and he was directly responsible for all three goals. Um, that's what I wanted to mention about him. I mean, uh, he did a great create, creation on that Ajo goal. That was all, that was all him. Um, and then the same thing with the Wallstrom goal. Uh, like I said, I thought he played extremely well. I thought, uh, I thought Mayfield was terrible. Uh, on Thursday night, single-handedly cost us the game uh, down the stretch. And it's funny because Butch mentioned that on the telecast, and it was very obvious. And then he talked to Barry, and Barry said, oh, no, you know, he's one of my guys, and you know how much I like Scott Mayfield, but come on, Butch, the grumpy old man, he's one of my guys, one of his guys, but, you know, uh, it wasn't his fault. Yeah, the icing wasn't great, but other than that, it was other people had breakdowns. No, it was him not making the play on the Lindholm coming to the center of the ice. He cost us that game. I thought he was really extremely poor. Uh, and once again, we see how much, even though Letty's playing well, I don't think, once again, that he's a good pairing fit with Mayfield. And we saw that line break up tonight. Um, and then also on that broadcast, go ahead, TJ, if you want to chirp in, because I just have to. My God, I, I don't know, man. You're just continuing on and on, Grumpy. That's okay. I just have a couple more things on Thursday, and then I'm going to let you take over. Maybe I should just let you go back to ranting and, no, <laughs> and raving every time you do anything. <laughs> do you see how calm and relaxed I am? Very calm and relaxed. Your face looks more red than usual, so I'm a little more concerned, actually. Well, I, you know what? I got some sun. I was, you know, I'm walking the neighborhood a lot, and it's been really bright out, so I got a lot of sun. You know, maybe you should consider doing that a little bit. Well, it's funny actually mention that on like some of the videos in a podcast, like I'd been in like a cutoff there before and uh, I'll get comments like, you're so pale, my God, seek the help of the sun. And I'll get like comments like that and I just laugh my ass off. But I'm like, yeah, so I need to start getting some sun in my life. I understand it. Yeah. Um, I, just a couple more points on Thursday game and then I'm going to let it go. going to put it in the back mirror because you know how I hate the flyers and it burns my butt, but just two more points. They made a laughable assertion, as far as I'm concerned, saying that Matt Barzal wasn't the same player without Anders Lee on his line. Wow. I, I, if I had false teeth, I would have spit them on the floor. Wow. And then, you know, tonight they put up the thing, well, he hasn't. he's only had two points in seven games. Okay, well, Anders Lee's only been gone, what, three? So yes. what was the excuse before when the incredible motivator, the incredible driver of the Islanders was playing? It has nothing to do with it. It just, like I said, you just go through things like that. And again, you know, Barzell took a cross-checking penalty, which was a cross-checking penalty, absolutely. But it was a high-sticking high penalty is what he got. It was, double, it, was a double, it was a double minor there for high-sticking. I really I, thought you weren't going to mention it. But yeah, it was a double minor for high-sticking. And I was surprised it was a double. I could see a single. And again, they go through that narrative like he's undisciplined. And, you know, Shannon brings it up in the interview. I'm like, okay, didn't give up a goal on that. So what's the problem, right? Okay, so he took a penalty. The other guy was cross-checking him the same time. They both had their sticks up. I don't know why he got a double. 
And then, you know. Because he caught him in the mouth. Yeah, well, you know, we, should have knocked, we should have knocked some Pete out. That's how you have to play the Flyers. you got to play them tough and physical because that's the way they play. He should have gone out there with a steel portion of the stick just for one shift, just a bam, right in the middle of the choppers. Right, Crump? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. The Flyers were interfering and holding all night. Barzell was hooked twice on a power play when he had the puck. No call. I got to stop you. Stop. Hold on. Stop. I want to let you know something. That is going to happen to Matt Barzal his entire career. He's too good of a skater, and he just moves too well, where you're going to see him getting cross-checked, held, and you're going to see him getting interfered with on a consistent basis, and you can't call every single one of those. Remember they talk about players who transcend the game. They're the players that get held, they get clutched, they get grabbed like that, and they still produce unbelievably well. The referees should do their job. When they see infractions, and here's the thing: those infractions are right in front of everybody. It wasn't something in tight; they're wide open spaces. You got to make those calls, okay? You just have to. And of course, after Shannon mentions that penalty, Barry just can't wait to take a cheap shot and says, Is this well, "Grump, Grump, we're still harping on Thursday, and you're still finding things to complain about." Well, this is this was Thursday. This was Thursday after the game, and he makes the comment that uh, the best players find ways to fight through that. And, uh, you know, it's his job to make great players have to elevate other players' games. I'm like, why are you taking – I mean, he was not – he was the least of your worries on Thursday night, and he's not calling out the culprits of why we lost. He wants to call out Barzal. I just – it's just a pattern that just bothers me. That's all. That's all. And that's the last I want to say about Thursday. But – I'm sick and tired of that pattern. I don't want to – I'm just sick and tired of seeing it. I think every – again, the people who watch the podcast, the live stream, I think they're aware of that. Other people, the yuppies, you know, the sycophants of the Islanders, Barry can do – or do no wrong type of class, you know, they don't notice anything like that. That's fine. But, again, like I think it's important to draw up attention. Grump, you just hit on that now three live streams in a row. And I'm kind of like, boop, ready to move on from it. I'm mean, like, you can mention you can mention it in, pa- in passing, but, man, oh, man, we've been hammering that for 20 minutes already so far today. Here's the thing. If they continue to do that, I'm going to continue to call them out for it. They need to be called out for their poor behavior. That's what that's, I'm here for. That's that's fine. I don't mind in the future. You could just go ahead and list it off like you do the three amigos that that uh, Lou Lamarillo didn't pass. You don't have to spend 20 minutes every single time on the three amigos we didn't pass there in the future. So you can just be like, he did it again. And I'll be like, oh, Grump, what are you talking about? I, I want to – well, here's the thing. Nobody really watches the three amigos, but they all watch the armadillo picking on bars. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, again – it. I look at Thursday's game. I'm again. I wasn't too upset by. It. I really thought they were going to come out. I'm shocked that we were able to get footing back in that game. I really was for a team that just got ran out of the building against the Rangers nine nothing. I thought that they were going to come in and look dominant, and they did for only two periods. I really didn't know what to expect. I did not expect us to come back in the third, and when we did. I was very pleasantly surprised. I don't even care that we lost there right in the closing minutes. Obviously, you're a little saddened by that because you'd like some points. In the same token, though, Grump, I was impressed with the way we fought back in that game. Um, yeah, and it was – I don't even think it was Del Cole's goal. I think it was this, the power play where we didn't score, but we scored right after that. I thought that was that was the, uh, the, the where we really took over. The impetus that pushed us forward for sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it was the Del Cole goal. It was after that. Um, we had a good power play, didn't score – and then very shortly after that, Ajo score, scores. 
And that kind of jumpstarted us. And I thought we played well. But here's the thing. The Flyers are not a good defensive team. We're better than they are. If we would have had any modicum of effort in the first couple of periods, I mean, the second period was a disaster. Like it has been a lot this year, right? We come out, play good first periods. Second periods are just a nightmare. It's been like that for most of the year. And, again, on Thursday it was like that. But, you know, the fact that we came back, yes, we didn't give up. And there is no quit in this team. Absolutely not. But we need to come out stronger and not have the ups and downs. I think that hurts us. Well, again, like we – I'm not really shocked. We were coming off of a long winning streak there. We had a good point streak. And, again, that eventually wears on you. And when you run across a team like that who just got – I'm talking about ran out the building. Again, Elaine Vigneault, I'm sure, had to read his team the riot act after getting beat by not even Johnny Rara and not even the Rangers coach, college coach. They got beat by the entire AHL affiliate staff there for the New York Rangers, nine to nothing. I'm yeah. sure he was less than thrilled about that for a team. The Rangers, it's not like the Rangers are a juggernaut, Grump. Yeah, I mean, he was he before the Flyers, he coached for the Rangers and to beat by Mickey Minor League and the boys. That's not a good look for him. Uh, you know, but his thing, the Flyers are struggling right now. And like I said, that's great. I'm I'm happy about it. I mean, I'm I, like I said, I'm glad the Rangers won tonight too. They're helping us. Well, again, like we were able to go ahead and get that footing back. Do you want to hear a funny stat about the yeah. Flyers grump? Sure. Uh, hold on. I'm trying to pull this up here. That's now, I can riff because I got plenty of stuff to talk about. The Flyers, I've already got it. The Flyers in their last 17 games have allowed three or more goals in 15 of the last 17 games. Yeah, Hart's been terrible. I'm not even saying it's just Hart. Like, what the hell is their defense doing? I mean, switching a little bit to tonight's game, like, what the hell was their defense doing on multiple different occasions? It wasn't just the defense. It was everybody in their defensive zone. It honestly reminds me of the defensive play that we used to see back there in the Doug Wade time period where I just was scratching my head. I'm like, look at this Flyers defense. What on God's green earth are they – again, like, nice finish by Everly. What the hell are they doing? I'm like, if I'm a Flyers fan right now, I'm disgusted. This is a team that was supposed to be poised to possibly make a playoff or have a chance there to make the playoffs. And you see defense like this where you have five guys with their back turned to the puck as Everly walks in from – like, he's almost in the freaking crease at a wide-open shot and Carter Hart's down and your defenders aren't even facing the right way. Your forwards and defenders are facing the wrong way. I'm like, oh. You know what? As far as I'm concerned, I love the Flyers' defense right now. That's the way they should play every night. As a non-Flyer fan, I'm ecstatic. Keep going, boys. I think you're doing great. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I, I said I hate the Flyer. Every game they lose is like it's like two wins for as far as I'm concerned. I'm not complaining, but somebody had brought that up, Phil Fax, on Twitter. And, again, shout out there to him for pointing that out there to me. 15 of the last 17 games. They have allowed three or more goals. I was shocked. Again, I knew the defense wasn't there. I knew the goaltending hadn't been there this year. 15 games out of the last 17, they've allowed three or more goals. Wow, oh, wow. I mean, Carter Hart was heralded as, you know, going to be a elite caliber goalie. He hasn't played very well this year. But, again, he's getting no help from his defense either. And you wonder what that does to the mantra and the confidence of a young goalie like that. I don't care. I hope it crushes his confidence and he's never the same. <laughs> And I hope he starts for the Flyers forever and can't stop a shot. If you can't tell, uh, not a big fan. Definitely he's, Grumpy's not a big he's fan a, of the Flyers. Okay. 
Carter Hart's a good goalie, and he's going to be a good goalie. But, you know, he's young. And you see a lot of ups and downs. And right now he just doesn't have a whole lot of confidence. Everything is handcuffing him. He can't stop anything clean. Rebound control is terrible. He's just in a bad place right now. And as long as he's playing the Islanders, I want him to keep it up. <laughs> we have some comments I want to start getting to. But is there anything else you want to speak about on tonight's game? Because, I mean, from start to finish, we were absolutely dominant. I thought Casey Zizekas did a good job. Um, Hickey, as much as I, I was I was thinking, I'm like, oh, wow. Thomas Hickey getting thrown in the lineup. Not looking forward there to that. Um, had a moment of uh, – I wouldn't say moment. He had a good game. He just had a good game altogether, I think, tonight. Yeah, I thought it was harsh for Barry to bench Bellows and Ajo uh, for Hickey and and Komarov. I The Komarov thing is just really frustrating. He hasn't played in how many games because, honestly, he's not good enough to play. He's not good enough. You know, the only ice he should see is what they put in his drinks. I mean, he should never be out there skating with a professional team. Uh, and they put him on the first line. I'm just – I don't understand. And Bavillier gets demoted to the third line, right? And you have uh, Del Cole move up to the second line who hadn't played. I just – I am i don't understand it. And to me, Ajo hadn't played poorly. To me, Andy Green is like Johnny Boychuk old now. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think he's done. He's toast. But that said, I thought Thomas Hickey played extremely well today, and he has been – a constant whipping boy for me, but I thought he was more than serviceable tonight and good for him. I mean, he hadn't played since, you know, Devon Taves took his spot a couple of years ago and, you know, he's had the personal issue with his brother dying, but it's nice to see him come back as a person uh, and have a good game tonight. Good for him. I don't, again, I, you know, Grump, as much as you call, like, you know, you'll come at someone and call him average Anders or you'll call him, you know, he's this, he's that. I, you know, there, there's no way you root against any of the individuals on this Islanders club and organization. Absolute class acts across the board there. Um, I will tell you this. I don't think there's one jerk on the Islanders roster. No. If you know what I mean. I would say it's harder to find a jerk on an Islanders roster than, or on a NHL roster than it is isn't to find a jerk. I think most teams are full of good, nice, nice-hearted individuals out there on the ice. Again, you'll get some guys you're like, eh, question a little bit there, not so much. But for the most part, NHL players and hockey players in general, very, very humble, very nice people and individuals. I've never run across one, uh, and you know, my limited experience there with you know NHL players, I've never run across like uh, anybody who is a real jackass there in person um i want to show you mentioned leo komaroff grump he did serve an integral part in this goal right here i want you to watch leo komaroff right here as he is looking at carter hart trying to screen him from the ground look at this here <laughs> seriously he was all right for as much as i get on on average for being two steps behind eberly and barzell i'm not kidding you komaroff was like Four steps, but it was like who? It was like they were playing a man short whenever that line was out there. They'd be in the zone attacking, and then you know, make taking shots, making passes. Oh, there here comes Komarov. Five, six seconds later, I'm like, why is he? Why is he on the? Why is he on the ice? Why is he on the first line? I'm, I'm <laughs> I just, I just like this issue where he has like this clairvoyance. He's like, oh, we're both on the ground. Oh. Let me look at the goalie. He's like caught there, like staring at him there for a good solid moment. I he did think like, you'd find. I did think you'd find that funny though, Grump. He was like the Flyers' defense, looking the other way. That's exactly. He was just like one of them. Just well, totally inept. 
Yeah. And again, like as much as a whipping boy of Thomas Hickey, he played, I think, really well there tonight. Komroff, mm, not so much. Cases Zekas had a good night too. Yeah. I thought, uh, I thought the, the fourth line had a rebound game because they were atrocious on Thursday. How many goals against were they out there on uh, you know on Thursday's game? Was it two or three goals against? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But they were bad. And even today, if you notice, they're getting hemmed in. And this is the difference that I've seen from that line compared to other years, previous years. They're getting hemmed in their our own zone quite often, particularly at the beginning of games. The first shift is always in our zone. They're getting hemmed in where that's never been the case before. It was always that's why we put them out there first to get that push, even though they're not going to score most times. But it gets us in the offensive zone, gets us going. And that hasn't been the case this year. And even tonight it wasn't. But they were really atrocious on uh, Thursday, and it was nice to see them have a bounce-back game today. I thought Casey played extremely well using the body, had two goals. Uh, good for him. Nice to see him uh, score again. Guess what else is worth mentioning? Josh Bailey had, I believe, was a secondary assist, and he was also given a gift. It was, you know, they sing Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Well, Carter Hart gave Josh Bailey a Christmas gift by pegging him right in the stomach with the puck. And uh, it made it a very fortuitous bounce where it put it to where Josh Bailey, nobody could miss that that puck. <laughs> nobody could miss that scoring opportunity. Uh, so he was able to score a goal there also. Well, I think Bailey was trying to pass out from there, but since his passes are usually so bad, it went in the net. But that was – that's I mean, again, that's Carter Hart. He threw the puck right to a guy. The only guy standing in front of the net was an Islander, and he gave it to him. I'm like, what the – I mean, I figured, all right, how is he going to score? Because I was a little bit behind – and I'm like, I popped up Bailey. So I'm like, Bailey, I gotta watch this. And then I watched him like Bailey, you know, how difficult. I didn't think I didn't realize he had a secondary assist today. I think he did. That was on the one where it was in the corner. He was able to go ahead and get it there to Wallstrom. No, that was Pajot to Wallstrom and then back to Pajot. So he does not it get was it. Bailey to Pajot to Wallstrom back to Pajot. He, yeah, well, he touched. He had a secondary assist, I believe, from that. Or maybe I'm wrong. He shouldn't. He shouldn't because it had nothing. It, when Pajot touches it to Wallstrom and back to Pajot, that block that means Bailey's no longer in the play. Okay, we'll see. I don't know. I thought he had a secondary assist. Maybe I'm dreaming things up. Maybe I'm thinking about Thursday's game. Uh, but an excellent game. A great win by the Islanders tonight. Looked absolutely dominant uh, from the drop of the puck. Man, oh man, the Flyers are in shambles, giving up goals left and right. <laughs> It can't be much, honestly. It can't be a much better Saturday night for the grumpy old man. Are you partying? Are you going out and drinking? What are you doing here, Grump? What are you doing no, to celebrate no. the hideous performance of the Flyers? I'm just going to revel in, and I might rewatch the game even just just because the Flyers suck. Oh goodness gracious! Well, I want to start getting here to some comments. Uh, Brian J is saying, "Why is Hickey playing over Aho and Bellos wasn't in your favorite Islander? Komarov was. We touched on that a little bit, um, Grump. But uh, I mean, like, kind of end synopsis. What you thought about Hickey playing over Aho? I know you said it was a little harsh. Yeah, I. I mean, I just hate that his go-to move, Trotz's go-to move pronouns, pal, was. Uh, you know, benching a young guy to put in a veteran. I just, I, I, I don't understand that. They were not the reason why we lost it. If anyone, if any defenseman should have been benched uh, from Thursday night's game, it should have been Mayfield because he was really, really bad. And that said, I thought Hickey played extremely well today, considering he hadn't played, you know, forever in a day. Uh, and it was nice to see him play well. And anyone who's listened to this podcast knows long term, I am absolutely not a Thomas Hickey fan. No. 
Uh, you're not a Thomas Hickey fan. He enrages even the thought of him enrages you. I will say, you know, I, I do understand your sentiment of, hey, you know what I mean? Why is the first move to automatically throw the younger guys who are trying to get like a little bit of consistent play, get their footing underneath them to the bench? Um, in the same token, though, it worked. So, again, like I, I it is okay. worth noting that, it, you know, the move worked out there for him. I, I thought Hickey played extremely well. I, you know, I get the point. You know, honestly, you might make a point there for Mayfield maybe deserving some bench time just with the recent play, and he had po- played poorly. You know what I mean? Why not throw him there to the bench? But Ajo does plays a significantly diminished amount of minutes compared to Mayfield. So, again, like if he was playing normal minutes, who knows what that would look like and what the difference would be. And th- But, I mean, that's just his modus operandi, right? Punch the young guys and give veterans another shot. I you mean, say punch or punish? Punish, punish. Gotcha. Uh, you know, something go- – I mean, let's be- – I mean – you had Anthony Bavillier gets demoted to the third line. Well, Josh Bailey has been just as bad, if not worse, than Anthony Bavillier. And nothing happens to him. I just, I just, I find that it's, for me, it's just as a fan, it's tough to understand. That's all I, I mean. It's just really tough. And then you got Komarov and you put him on the first line. The guy's, the guy's a borderline fourth, fifth liner at this point in his career, and you put him on the top line. Barzell makes a great pass to him, and he misses a bunny right in front of the net, shanks it. I mean, he's a foot and a half from the goal, nobody on him, and he just misses it. This is the guy that you put on the first line. I mean, I I don't see it. I don't understand it. And he's like four, four steps behind everybody else. Frustrating. Um, got a few more chiming in here. Frank K saying, great win. Glad I was there. Frank K always seems like he is getting into the games. I, I, I'm jealous of you. David C saying, is Grumpy wearing an Islanders reverse retro nightgown? Is that what nightgown. you're wearing? No, this is an old. My wife got this for me many years ago. Uh, it's actually got a 91 on the back and uh, says Satan on, across the top. I thought you'd find that funny, TJ. It's Satan. Oh, um, and I had it. And you know, you ever seen that commercial where the, the guy goes on a date and he first of all, he's wearing a t shirt on a date, a first date with some girl, and it's like all crinkled up and stuff like a. And that's what this shirt looks like on Are the you talking about bacon neck. It, what is it called? Like, is it the one also where they used to have like that Hanes or like the undershirts yes. where he's like, hey, Michael Jordan's like, don't have that bacon neck. And he's like, yeah, yeah like that. And it actually doesn't, even though it looks like that when you're watching it. And I stand up, okay, it's not like that. So it's it's interesting. I don't know why it's like that. But I'm like, my gosh, this is embarrassing. But I only got so much island gear, so is what it is. You're really going, you're really going to the depths there. You're bringing out some I know we're working on the merch store, so you're gonna have some Islanders never say die gear there soon enough, Grump. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on getting everything updated and I'll have to go ahead and keep you updated on that. But no, so this doesn't go all the way down to like your mid thighs or anything like that, or like your ankles. No. That looked kind of long there. I'm glad we're not seeing what's going on underneath there, Grump. I'm not sure if I can trust you. Got a comment there from Robert Conti saying, hey, guys, Grumpy Old Man is dead on about Mr. Toy Department and the candy store. Yep. I mean, it's just, come on. Come on, Butch. I know who pays you, but that doesn't mean you got to shill for them, too. Okay, gotcha. Brian P. is saying, let me get my gripes out now. First, how the hell is Walling not on the ice for two minutes and 30 seconds down the first? And yeah, we played great, but how the hell is Komarov on the top line? Bellows sits after three goals in three games. That's the point, right? Even if you think Bellows didn't have a good game, 
uh, on Thursday against the Flyers. Maybe he just wanted to mix things up. I'm not sure. I don't think Komarov was the reason we won. You could definitely make an argument that Hickey's insertion lineup helped, you know, helped push us there forward towards a win. But that's right. Bellows played three games, had three goals. I'm like, oh. If you really want to jumpstart a team, does it make – if you really want to throw a charge into a team after a bad game, and TJ, you played. Yeah. And you played high, high level. If you sat a guy who's a borderline starter in your mind, and certainly Ajo is only playing because of an injury, and the same thing with Bellows, does it have more impact if you bench one of those guys or if you bench a guy who's higher up in the lineup? It depends what you're trying to do to jumpstart it. If you're trying to jumpstart those in particular players, sure, trying to have like a little bit of like a a um, a position battle. Like if you're trying to get more out of Bellos and Ajo, that's how you do it. But in the same token, if you're trying to like jumpstart a team, yeah, I mean, like you talk about if you if you, I want to I want to preface this. I don't think he had the mindset or should have had the mindset of, hey, I need to jumpstart the team. We were coming off a nine-game winning streak. We had a 12-game point streak. And the, the Flyers just got run out of the building against the Rangers, nine to nothing. I really had very low expectations we were going to win that game walking into it. I know we were able to fight and claw our way back. I would have honestly just rolled the same exact lineup out there today. Um, Hickey obviously played extremely well. I still am baffled all the time by Leo Conroff finding his way back into the lineup. I really am, especially playing first-line minutes. Holy crap. That I, I'm still baffled by that. Yeah, to me, my perspective is I thought the team came out flat. He even said they came out flat. And if that's the case, if you want – I'm not saying you bench Barzal, even though I'm sure he thought about that. Um, but you bench a guy like Bailey or a – Mayfield, guys who have not performed and played poorly the other night. I mean, to me, that sends a message to the whole team, including the sacred cows, because when you're benching the guys who are not sacred cows, who cares? We're never going to get, no matter how poor we play, it doesn't matter. And mostly, I mean, Bailey was bad, but Mayfield was really bad. And I think it sends a message to everyone that if you have a bad night, no matter who you are, you're going to sit. Okay, here's the thing. Even if you have to go ahead and give your players confidence to play the way they want to play. And if you're in a situation where you just came off a nine-game winning streak and a 12-game point streak and you lose one game, you know, in the dying minutes of the game where in reality you only want to play in 20 minutes but you're able to get your footing there towards the end, you can't be benching any of the players that just help ride you there to that nine-win game. I mean, there's no consistency. There's no like, hey, we give you a little bit of a leash type of thing, which isn't good. This is my point. If you had a player who is consistently making mistakes, I think maybe there's only one candidate you can even make an argument for that maybe should have found a bench. It was Scott Mayfield after his performance. And the thing is, like, it hasn't been like a one-night thing. I think Scott Mayfield has not played very well this season as a whole. Uh, he has not been the re- – again, he's not been the reason I think we've directly lost games. You can make that argument for Thursday's night games, Thursday's night's game. But he's made a lot of dumb and boneheaded mistakes there on the ice this season. So – you know, I do understand it, but no, I would not have benched anybody. You know, if you wanted to change up the lineup, I get a hickey for Aho, sure. I really don't get the bell or the Comra for Bellows. Uh, but moving right along here, we got a comment from Mike M. He said, How about that garbage Bailey goal, Grump? Are you shocked he didn't miss? I thought he was gonna try to pass out from there, honestly. <clears throat> Frank A saying, hated the Bellows benching, they'll trade him. Now I will say if you could trade him and somebody else and a draft pick to get a, a Forsberg, absolutely. Absolutely. I just give I, I don't think the Forsberg is gonna be there 
And uh, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I, I don't like trading young guys, but if you can get a guy who's on the younger side, like uh, Forsberg is, an established talent who plays in a defensive system, and I think could help this team immeasurably, then I'm willing to move somebody like that. I think he is trade bait at this point. I mean, like the the lack of commitment to his play, and again, three games first, three first night. First night played really well. Two goals. I think he helped us win that game. You know, the next night, had, you know, gets on the score sheet, scores a goal. Uh, albeit, I think it was a, a lucky one. I can't remember how the goal was scored. But even if you think he had a poor game last night, you know, shit. You're going to find me You're gonna find me really perplexed there to say, you know what, a guy who really came back onto the scene, is building his confidence, really feels good in himself, you know, we're going to find his way back to the bench. Maybe, you know, you know, play devil's advocate. Maybe Barry's thinking, hey, you know what I mean? We benched him last time. We came out fired up, so we're going to do the same exact thing. I wouldn't put it past coaches. They do some real dumb shit like that before in the past. Doesn't always work out. Um, I, I, again, still shocked about Leo Komarov playing here. David C. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I just wanted to pose a question to you. You know, because Bellows, the first two games, played exclusively on the first line with Barzell and Eberle. And do you think that Leo Komarov could have scored the goal scorer goals that Bellows did in those games, which helped us win those games? No. See, that that's my point. And that's for me, that's the frustrating point. He also never would have drawn any penalties by driving to the net the way he did. So, again, like Leo Komarov and, and Kiefer Bellows are two completely players cut of a different ilk in a different silk. Grump. Got another comment here from David C. saying, Bailey had another secondary assist, Grump, with a little smiley face with some sunglasses. I know that makes you happy. Yeah, well, that's that's him. He's the king of the secondary assist. That's oh, goodness gracious. Um, Barry is starting to get me aggravated with players like Hickey. Really? What a confidence booster. I, and, that, and you're talking specifically about the confidence there to Ajo, who, right. who's been finding his game. And think about Ajo's performance, right? He He's done – I think he's done an admirable job. And he had that beauty goal that we just showed you where he puts up in the toy department. A, a great job by Letty getting him that, getting that outlet pass there to him, finding the open man. But that was a hell of a finish there by Sebastian Oh, Do you think – here you go. We'll just go down the list. Do you think Ryan Pulak could hit a shot like that? He couldn't even you hit think Adam, You think Adam Pellet could hit a shot like that? You think Andy Green would even be in the position or be able to skate to get in the position to shoot a shot like that? Nope. I, Nick Letty, sure, maybe. He's the only guy I maybe put as a fringe. It may be no, no adoption. Again, but that that was a real scorer's goal right there by Sebastian Ajo, and he finds his way immediately to the bench. I don't think he had a poor game. Uh, again, like I, you know, it's going to take these guys. They're going to have ups and downs, especially as defensemen that haven't played for long periods of time. As good as we saw Thomas Hickey tonight, if they roll Thomas Hickey, you know, on Monday, who is to say and argue that maybe you know he's not? You know, it's not you know the same exact Thomas Hickey we saw tonight. Again, when you've been out of the league for such a long time, finding the way to be consistent again is tough. It just is. Right, and you know, you know, they made such a big deal how Hickey hadn't played what in a year and a half. Well, Ajo hadn't played in three years. I mean, you know, that's an even bigger this. I mean, but you know, like it's an afterthought because he's a young guy, where Hickey's an old veteran. So yes, we have to pump him up. And I don't think Ajo has been great defensively in the the few games he's taken over for Dobson, but I think that's more of him playing with Andy Green. Because to me, Andy Green has fallen off the planet this year. I mean, Dobson has absolutely carried him. To me, you want to see going into the playoffs, who's our, who's our best uh, defensive group of six? And I don't think Andy Green is part of it, honestly. I mean, you might uh, – I mean, 
to me, I think Aho with the right partner is more than serviceable as well. Gotcha. Uh, moving right along there, uh, Brian J saying, Leo for Bailey. What are you drinking lately, Barry? What choice of drink do you think Barry might be indulging on? Just to go ahead and give uh, Brian maybe a little context. Do you think he's drinking on anything? If so, what type of drink, Grump? I don't know, but all I, I guess, like I said, this puts all those people who were attacking you uh, a week ago for saying that, you know, hey, for pointing out, you know, uh, very obviously that, you know, the only reason that Bellows was playing was because Lee got hurt and all the geniuses on the internet who don't know shit saying that it was, you know, because the Barry, the genius, uh, this kind of, that they don't have that anymore. So I, I expect apologies to you for even saying something idiotic like that. Again, the people who get in those arguments, they're they're very weak. Anytime I go ahead and bring up the same points I do, I never got an answer back for it. It's over. It's done with. I really don't care. It's the internet. Uh, secondly, again, you know, when anybody's using the authority quote of, oh, he's a Stanley Cup winning coach. What have you done? Have you won any Stanley Cups? Yeah. Okay. okay. Just because okay. I haven't won a Stanley Cup doesn't mean that a coach is infallible, which is always the point in the premise. But again, we're moving on, Grump. I don't want to hit too much on it there. Uh, George Pace saying, Josh Bailey displayed his greatest strength tonight, the open net. And then Robert Conti saying, the Flyers got the hickey from uh, Konechny tonight. Hickey from Konechny. That's oh, a grease reference. That's a, great, that's a grease reference. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I just thought he misspelled Konechny or something like that. I was like, okay, the hickey from Konechny tonight. Um <laughs> Going forward, it'll be nice to have a seventh defenseman once the roster expands. The few days next week will help us gather our structure and get Noah back soon. Again, having Noah, Noah Dobson back in the lineup is going to be a huge plus, too. Yeah, as you know, I said he's grown tremendously this year. And I think you're seeing, even though the Flyers weren't able to take advantage of it, he's so calm back there. Uh, we miss him. And it's hard to say about a kid who'd only played, what, 38 games before this year. Uh, we certainly miss him on the defensive end. John S. is saying, go easy on Hickey. He had a rough time personally and contribute tonight. Nice. Yeah. I guess maybe this was earlier on. They were expecting you to tear into Hickey. I, we've only spoke wrong of Hickey. He has an excellent game. Excellent. Yeah. He must be one of Hickey's pals because now I got to say I love his picture. Maybe this Maybe this was early. Again, like we're reading the comments here from earlier in the section. So this was 10 minutes into the podcast, Grump. Maybe this is what they anticipated you to do. Because usually you're pretty much the same always. Yeah, I think I've been very. I thought I should. I think Hickey played really well tonight. I don't know what he's talking about, but I do like his. I do like John's picture. Uh, the great Jackie Gleason is Ralph Cramden holding up an Islanders uh, jacket. You know that's the old uh, Raccoon Lodge bowling <laughs> jacket that he showed to Alice uh, with an Islander logo. I absolutely love it. Right before he blows out his back when he had that big driving test coming up. A, a classic episode. Uh, Brian J saying Adam Pellick should be ashamed of himself missing that oh, missing that net. Holy moly. I'm going to tell you what. I thought Pellick and Pulak were real shaky tonight in our, in our D zone today. They turned the puck over uh, numerous times, uh, sometimes two and three times on the same shift. I didn't think we played well. And I'm just glad it was one of the young guys because then I'd have to hear – Bruce uh, Butch opine on how terrible the young defensemen are when, you know, I know he's going to give a pass to those two guys. Bruce, who are you about to say for Bruce, Bruce there? Bruce. Okay, gotcha. And Bruce King say, hey, Bruce there, he says, wow, what a game of pure domination. And then Tommy Baffy says, TJ and that grumpy guy. Uh, Dave P is saying, 
Pulak needs to start hitting the net, wasting shots. Yeah, here you go. Here's my question for you. What's the over-under that Brian Pulak comes with this season, the regular season that is, with zero goals? If you would have told me at the start of the season, we'd be over halfway through the season, and Ryan Pulak would have zero goals playing the trigger man position, starting off the season in the trigger man spot of the power play, I would call you batshit crazy and insane. But here we are now, over halfway through the season, zero goals there for, for Ryan Pulak. Do you think he can go another – actually, it's less than a full half. Do you think he will not score any goals here the rest of the year? I don't know. He's also playing point on the number one power play unit as well. I have to think if Bailey's capable of scoring a goal, so is Pulak. And if Michael <laughs> Del Cole is, come on. David C. St. First star tonight and every night is Frank Kaplan's hair. The Thank beautiful, you. luscious locks of Frank Kaplan's hair. I'm jealous. Um, I'm jealous of Frank's hair. I'll be honest with you. He can do anything <laughs> with it. Anything. Uh, when you got hair like that, you can do anything with it. So David C saying, Grumpy, did your barber kidnap AJ? Yeah, AJ has not been on the broadcast as of recent. It's funny, right before we started, you're like, where has AJ been? I haven't seen AJ as of recent. I heard she had a hairectomy. So who knows what's going on with her? Maybe a she's hairectomy. Maybe she's getting maybe she's getting a weave put in because that's certainly not a weave what she has there. But maybe she's getting one put in. I don't know. I don't know what happened to her. I did mention that she's been gone for a number of games. Hopefully, seriously, hopefully, you know, she's not sick or anything like that. I wouldn't want to see that happen. Frank Hayes saying Carter Hart is done. A one-year wonder. Oh, I disagree with that. I mean, goalies, particularly when they're young, can be up and down. And this is just a down year for him. And good. I'm glad he's playing for the Flyers. I think it's a down year for him, but. I wonder long term what being a part of that terrible Flyers defensive core and having that around him will do to his psyche and do to his game. Because like as much as you want to avoid saying, hey, it's the same exact across the line, as much as you want to say, like, hey, I'm going to rely just solely on what I can do here in net. You know, no matter what position in sport you're playing, when you have to work as a team and you work with the guys around you, anytime they're not doing what they're supposed to do, you automatically have doubt like, shit, here we are back in our defensive zone. And it's like, I've seen this happen a million times. We lose the puck there. We did bad turnover. Now it's a two on one. I'm screwed. Like, you know, you wonder what that does to the psyche there, the goalie, when it just kind of contributes and, and compounds on top of itself. I don't think it carries over from one year to the next, honestly. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not too concerned. The kids just got too much talent uh, to just be totally done. Like I said, he's what, 21, 22? I mean, but it's funny how organizations historically have the same thing. Like the Flyers, always really good on the forecheck, physical wingers, but their defense has always been weak, always throughout their history. Never had a great defense score, and their goaltended when they're good, has been pretty good, but almost have to do it on their own a lot of times. So I'm just glad that Carter Hart is doing terribly this year. I hope he keeps it up for the rest of the year. Uh, I I gave him number one star tonight for the Islanders. (laughs) Number one star for the Islanders. David C. saying, TJ, keep the fire hydrant in the glass. Drinking at 10.30 p.m. will lead to uninterrupted sleep, pal. He's trying to go ahead and let me know, but uh, I got a drink. I I speak. I I drive. I throw it out very quickly. Um, We've got Brian P., Letty is playing his best hockey since the, his first year with us. You'll find it hard to see me argue against that. I think he's playing absolutely spectacularly, and I'm a huge critic there of Nick Letty. He does have those occasional moments where he has a defensive lapse every once in a while, but I think he's done actually a pretty decent job of minimizing those this season. Yeah, he's not a good pair with Mayfield, though. But I do think – I think actually not just his first year. I think uh, 
Well, I mean, like four, for the last four or five years for certain, since his last really good year with us. I mean, he's playing. It's when they give him the opportunity, and I have to feel that's a coaching thing, honestly. Barry tells them, you know, in some circumstances, okay, rush the puck because he doesn't do it all the time. Because that, when he does that, He's extremely good, and he does draw defenders towards him, which opens up the ice for other people, just like Barzell does. And I think that certainly benefited him and certainly did on Thursday night. He was really good offensively. I think he feels more comfortable doing what he does best. I mean, like if you're, it's like, you know, break it down across all different analogies. If you're telling, you know, a guy who's more of a run blocker, like, hey, you know what I mean? We're going to need you to pass block all the time. It's not going to be something he's, you know, used to. He's like, ah, shit. I'm, you know what I mean? More of a guy who feels comfortable. We're like, hey, you know what? We're going to dial up some more run blocking scenarios. You're going to feel more comfortable doing that. Same thing with baseball, too. You go ahead and you get a guy who's like, hey, I'm a guy who puts the bat on the ball. I'm not trying to necessarily kill it. I don't want to go ahead. You know, I only, let's say, I only pull the ball. Coaches out there, we want you pushing all the time. I'm mean, like shit, because <laughs> they put the like they put the, you know they put the huge uh, astronomical shift on them. A quick aside: Can we talk about baseball and how that's changed? I mean, like the shifts have become so crazy over the last three or four years. To where, I, at least my recollection, it wasn't that extreme in the past. I don't think. Do you really want to touch on this? I mean, that's that's a here's the thing. That's a subject I could talk about all night. Brief, 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 Grump, because okay. I've got company over, and I don't want to be on here too, too long. I don't want to be disrespectful to the company I have. So I don't brief. care about them. I don't care about them. Just tell them you got a podcast with the grumpy old man. That's uh, all you need to do. They, they're second-class citizens as far as I'm concerned, just the way it is. Right? <laughs> but here's the thing. Baseball has changed because the analytic geeks have gotten involved. Everything now is about launch angle. Over like 33% of all at bats end in a walk, a strikeout, or a home run. It's made baseball insufferable to watch. You hear how guys are okay, well, you know, a, a single isn't as good as a home run. You know, a walk is just as good as a single. Yeah, okay. It's made baseball boring. Uh, and it's frustrating. Like I said, it's hard to watch. Is there any wonder why people are not that enamored with baseball anymore? And you just hear it. You listen to players. I mean, analytics is terrible. And I hate to see it, you know, the coursey numbers. This, If you have to rely on some type of statistic to tell who's in your own zone most of the night, then you don't pay enough attention to the game. I don't need that. <laughs> we got a few more comments here. Um, Tommy B also saying the uh, this was Islanders' dominance tonight. For certain, it was. It's funny because, you know, a lot of people, don't you like close games? No, if it, my team is playing, I want to blow out every night. I don't want to have to be at the edge of my seat. Oh, no. You know, unless I know the result at the end, you know, then it's like, okay, that's cool. But otherwise, I mean, I, I don't like it when my team – I want my team to blow the other team out all the time. It saves my heart on a few extra beats. It means I can live a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, yeah, we got another comment here. Um uh, Robert Conti is saying there, um, Hickey got a couple of assists tonight. He was smooth tonight in our defensive zone. And it's nice to see Aho, but Hickey will be our number seven defenseman once the roster increases. Yeah. All right. It was one game. Okay. It's one game. He was the eighth defenseman for a reason because he's probably not as good at practice. I'm glad he played well today. Good for him. But don't jump. It's like the Bailey people jumped in, you know, thinking, you know, oh, our glorious Josh is playing great because he had five assists in three games. And then he goes 12 goals with 12 games without scoring. I mean, you know, you know, come on, pump the brakes, people. I'm glad he had a good game. 
and having better depth is a good thing for us. That's that's what I will say. Because come playoff time, if the little guys are healthy, he's not playing. Gotcha, here, Grump. Uh, got a few more comments. We're going to be rifling through here, Grump. Again, uh, Tommy B saying, TJ, how can Grumpy be grumpy after the six of one thrashing? Again, for the first 20 minutes of the pod, you were just so like melancholy, boy, everything's so bad, boy. I can't believe they're doing this. And hey, David C wants Grumpy to sing some Sinatra my way to lighten up. Everybody was saying you're grumpy. You were so grump to beginning. I was like, I don't get okay. it, Grumpy. But why why was I grumpy at the beginning? What were you, what were we talking about at the beginning? Because you harp on that no, little no, no, tiny no, thing no. that we have hit on for the last two no, podcasts no, and you no. Okay, what was I grumpy about at the beginning? It was Thursday night's game that we lost. That's why. Here's the thing. I don't want your recency bonus for 20 minutes. I want you to sing some Sinatra. The, the people want you to sing some Sinatra. I'm going to do that in a second. Here's the thing. I don't want this recency bias where you can only talk about night's game because we had to talk about Thursday night's game. Yeah. Because that was a bad game for us, and Barry did some of those stupid things that you know he knows I hate. But – that said, now we're in the – and that's why I said I wasn't going to get worked up when I talked about those things. I just brought it to everyone's attention. I want to keep everyone informed. I want an, an intelligent group of people out there, which I know you all are. And, you know, and why do I do it like that? Because I did it my way. I can't even sing tonight. I'm terrible. I was I was too busy, excited, screaming at the Flyers and victory. My voice is shot. Gotcha. Uh, Paul D is saying, relax everyone back-to-back games. Uh, sat a few people and rotated a few. Talking about there the change there of Hickey um, and uh, Leo Komarov. Leo Komarov should never be in the damn lineup again. No issue with Hickey getting occasional time, especially with Sebastian Ajo. I have no issue at all with that, and especially after what I saw tonight Hickey. Again, we haven't seen him in quite some time. But, uh, you know, I was very encouraged with what I saw tonight. Again, it was only one game. Important to say, only one game. I don't want to disagree with Paul, but they were not back-to-back games. It was oh, no, no. no. Uh, he means back-to-back there. You're playing the Fires and back-to-back oh. scenarios there. Back-to-back games, I think is what he meant. Okay. Uh, Tom Daffy wants to know, does Grump sing the Josh Bailey song when he scores? Do you know the Josh Bailey song? I don't. He doesn't score enough for me to memorize it. Well, that's the funny part. It's like, hey, Josh Bailey, I want to know if you'll score a goal. That's how the song goes. I, you know, the fact that you don't know that still is – they sing it at the games. Even when you go to the games, when you're not in New York, these fans that, that meet up there, the Islander meetup group, they sing that song. I think I black out when he scores a goal because I'm like, all right, what happened? This is like a once-in-a-lifetime event. I, it's something that you never see again. <laughs> George Bailey says, hey, Josh Bailey, we want to know why your plus minus blows. I mean, you know. I mean, he, honestly, he wasn't really good tonight either. I'm glad he got the goal. David sees this. He's a plus eight. <laughs> but I did. I will tell you one thing. I like the way that if he had a bad plus minus, I would love that song. He doesn't have a bad plus minus, but it's funny just to kind of change that a little bit. Um, David C. also saying the rags are better without College Quinn behind the bench. Yeah, Mickey Miner is doing a job. Mickey Miner Leaguer is doing a job. I told you, this, guy, this guy's going to lose his job. I mean, and then they went again today. I don't know if Quinn and his group were back, but I almost hope for his sake that they were that they were back because it wasn't. He might as well just stay in College Town, PA, or wherever he's from. Tom B uh, saying twenty eight and four. However, I love listening to the whiners. Grump, that's you. Um, I'm not whining, and whining, whining. I told you, Grump. I said you start off with a twenty minute wine fest. It's whatever. Let me ask you a question. Who wants to listen to? Hey, Johnny. Everything it's, great. No, 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 no. Different. It's different. 
it's good to have where it's even on it. But when the team comes out and they what again, realistic expectation. What did you expect Thursday? You're not going to win every single game, especially when we got to the meat and potatoes. And we came back, we fight hard, we get back into the game. And then tonight we absolutely dominate. And you still find something to complain about for a 20-minute monologue. That's what I was saying there at the beginning. Uh, Here's what I didn't expect. I didn't expect them to come out totally flat, you know, when the hero to Islander Nation you know, is the coach. I didn't expect that. And I didn't expect another Matt Barzell rip fest after the game when he didn't cost us anything. That's what I didn't expect. And I just wanted to bring it to everyone. If we had won on Thursday and won today, uh, the negatives would have been way down. I mean, still, I still, there's still some questionable coaching decisions. It paid off tonight, but the Flyers. If, hold on. If we won on Thursday and won tonight, then we'd be sporting a 11-game winning streak. Oh, the negatives would be way down on our 11-game winning streak. Again, yeah. like I will bring up points that I don't like, but you, you were such a negative Nancy to start. I'm happy to see you perked up. We're getting through comments, though. Uh, Paul D is saying, since losing average Andrews, the Islanders have been average. I just put this on there to trigger you a little bit. You don't uh, need to go all out crazy there, Grump. Well, I mean, the last couple of games, even when average was uh, playing and we were winning games, I didn't think we were playing really all that well as a team. I thought we had a couple of timely goals to win. And since average has been gone, what's our record now? Three and one, four and one, three and one, I guess, right? I'll take a 750 winning percentage if he's not there all every day of the week. <laughs> Brian B saying, once I seen Leo on the ice, I watched a period and I had to turn the game off. Just no excuse. I will tell you, that's one of those games, though. The, the Islanders jump up 3 nothing early. And again, like they wound up giving up that goal right before the end of the first period. But they looked absolutely dominant that game. I mean, there was no doubt at all. I'm like, we could have played that period for 197 periods. That game could have lasted 197 periods. We still never would have lost to the Flyers tonight. No way. Like I said, the Flyers are not real good. I mean, like I said, I hate the fact that we lost them twice early in the year. We were three times, three we've lost them. We lost them the first three times we played them grump. We deserve to lose Thursday night, but the first two games of the year, we didn't, we outplayed them and they beat us in overtime, but I thought we outplayed them in those two games. Like I said, uh, there's no team in the league I want to be more than the Flyers. Uh, I, we, and it burns me that they won three out of four this year. Got a few more comments here from Jim P saying, hate to say it, but we needed Kabroff out there for grit and defense. Thought uh, we were going to see Ross out there too. I don't think we're ever going to see Ross Johnson back in the lineup anytime soon. I, I mean, like I'm not even sure if, if Matt Martin goes down, if Ross Johnson's the next guy up. Ross is – okay. It brings me to another thing. Did you see Matt Martin on the number one power play unit today? What? He was down in the, the Anders, the average position. Stop. So now it's the $6 million man position. And I'm like, you, I mean, I had to check the number three times. I'm like, why? He's a fourth wing. I mean, but what does it say about our depth, right? What does it say about our depth? To play devil's advocate, though, Matt Martin does, does a good He does do well, a good job there standing in front of the net. He, do, he is physical down low. And, again, you took Bellows out of the lineup, so you don't have a guy who maybe is a more of a power forward, stocky guy who can hold a little bit of his own. Also, Matt Martin's done a pretty good job of putting the puck in the net this season. No. Sorry. Sorry. The kids have three goals, three goals in three games. You take him out of the lineup and you put Matt Martin in there. Okay, whatever. We got a few but, comments here talking. They should have put Komarov in there on the first power play unit. Why not? Played on the first line. 
Goodness. We were talking about there uh, some of the, the players that are nice there, NHL players just generally as a whole are nice. Avery was slash is a world-class scumbag. I will tell you this. I know people who have met Sean Avery in real life. They did not get that feeling from him at all. Again, they had no idea who he was beforehand. So I wonder if it's all of our biases of him, number one, being a jackass for the Rangers and being an asshole on the ice that maybe sways that opinion. And again, this is a guy who's a good friend of mine who met Sean Avery, had no idea he was Sean Avery until someone afterwards told him that's who he was. And he was like, oh, yeah, he was a real nice guy. So, again, I've, I've never met Sean Avery in person, so I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt as of right now. Um, I think he plays that role when need be. That's what I'll say about him. It's just like you play the grumpy, the grumpy old man when that role need be. It's the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> and Frank K. Be like, he could be like that, but I mean, you know, I, you know, when provoked, and you got to he being for the Rangers, he's never said anything nice about the Islanders, so we do have uh, a predisposition to hate him, and I'm fine with that too. Yeah, um, and then Frank Hayes says Evander Kane goes in that jackass category. So does Max Domi. I don't, I don't know enough about Domi to know that. I mean, here's the thing: your comment is basically correct, but you know, professional and. I think when you look at professional athletes as a whole, you know, for each sport, um, hockey players are certainly the most approachable and nicest uh, of all the major sports. I will say that. I will say, too, I wonder if it's because unless you're up there in Canada, nobody has any idea who the hell you are in most in most cases. I mean, if you're an Islander fan, obviously we're going to be able to spot every single Islander we see on the street. But for the majority of New Yorkers, I mean, like, yeah, do they know who's, what Scott Mayfield looks like? Do, yeah. they, do they know what Jordan Eberle looks like? No. Do you want to know? So you want to know who Croc Nelson looks like? He looks like Ichabod Crane <laughs> from Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Get a chance to work on the cartoon. I've seen, I've seen that cartoon. I've seen that cartoon. 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 Yeah. I just thought about that now. <laughs> Brian P. saying, I think Barry was trying to punish Barzal by putting that bum Comroff on his line. Yeah, I'm not oh, surprised. No. I'm not surprised. I thought, now, see, that wouldn't shock me. Oh, you, Matt. I don't really don't care that much about the team. You know, if and one of my ham and eggers aren't doing good, I want to keep you in line, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to change you from a, a, a goal scoring and an offensive machine into a third or fourth wing grinder, no matter how long. I'm going to keep me coaching for a lot of years till I get that done. And we got here Brian J saying, Outers need to get rid of those third jerseys. They look terrible. Yeah, the retros are hideous, man. I mean, I'd never spend a penny on them. Well, I mean, isn't that – I know we've talked about it before, but isn't that the whole idea of putting out a third jersey is to generate jersey sales? To be completely different than the jerseys that are out there now, to help generate jersey sales for your typical of your, your organization. And ours are just like a darker color, lower resolution blue. I mean, no, I know a lot of people hate the fisherman jersey. I know that. But I'm going to tell you what, young people like the fisherman jersey. The oldsters like me don't, I, even though I have one. You're seeing more than more of those at the games where you're seeing people wear like an actual fisherman jersey at the game. And I love it. It puts a smile on my face. I love the fisherman logo. I think last year they sold them at the pro shop. So I can, I mean, but that's what people want. But they want something different. They don't want the same thing. And if, I mean, the whole thing is about making money, right? I mean, revenues are down. Wouldn't you want to try to make more money by putting out a better product than that? 
you speak about how everything comes back in a style. It's funny you mentioned that. There was a girl I saw today. We were going to Target. We were trying to get a, a video game system because we had some friends in town. We're like, you know what? We had, you know, we were thinking about getting this video game system. Like, why not just go ahead and get it now? They're all out because of like, if we got their stimulus checks, they're spending it left and right. Um, and I was like, I wanted to buy this for a while. And I just kind of was like, eh, I never really purchased it, never really pulled the trigger. So we're going to purchase it. We see this lady. She's wearing like a, it's the pants that are like baggy pants where they've got holes ripped all in them again. That's back in style now, Grump. It's funny how the styles work. Where it used to be popular, then it was like skinny jeans and everything like that. And now they're back to popular again with like the baggy pants with holes ripped all through them. So, again, the fisherman jersey will come back and it will be in style. You just have to wait long enough. I remember I used to wear parachute pants and only the real older people in this podcast could know what those are. Um, they were cool. I love them. <laughs> Parachute pants. I can't uh, fit. In, I can't fit into them anymore. Not not what I used to wear back then. And Tommy B saying, "I would smack Avery around. He is gutless." Oh, I'll tell Tommy, you that. Tommy's very tough. He has a reputation for being extremely tough and showing everybody to watch his butt. <laughs> Tom, coach Tommy Baffy, the coach's corner. I like listening to it. I had a chance there to listen to it today. Um, had a few interesting people on again, like bringing that Drive for Five community there together. Always like listening to Tommy and Brush when they're on. Uh, and then oh, Brian. So, so Tommy and Brush work together. Tom, Tommy and Brush. No, they they both do. They're I, I, they kind of do it. I mean, like they they they're in charge of the drive for five there as a whole. Like they're the administrators there on the group. And again, like they both do like their own and sometimes they're together where they speak there. And again, I like listening to them. I always, I always get smiles no matter what, when Tommy's on there, he's a nice guy. I always like listening to him speak there, whoever he's with there too. What is the drive for five? What is that? It's, it's a Facebook group. One of the ones I'm not kicked out of Grump yet. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about that. So I know you don't have social media, but he, he it's a Facebook group there, Drive for Five. Good and Tommy that. Brush and a few others there, the admins there on it. And again, good group of Islander I like that group. Good group of Islander fan and the Isles Misery. Good group of guys there on all those. Uh, Brian L. saying, Stats gave him a secondary assist. Silky Hands freed the puck there to Pajot. I told you. But Josh Bailey, I'm pretty sure got a secondary assist for that. Pajot makes the pass to Wallstrom. Wallstrom shoots the puck. Pajot picks it up in a goal. I didn't. I mean, I thought it had to be an actual chain no. of command. So what happens is, oh, as long that, as nobody, that is absolutely a Josh Bailey secondary assist special right there. Well, that's that's how it works, right? As long as nobody else touches the puck. Again, like if the Islanders have had more than two players touch the puck before it's scored, I mean, both of those players are going to get assists. So even if it's like, hey, one person passes it and they pass between Barzal and Pajot Bar or Oliver Wallstrom, Pajot, back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, as long as they go ahead and it's not like it gets touched there by the, the opposing team, that's going to count as a goal. He sucks. I'm sorry. Oh, stop. I, I just can't, I, the, fact that, the fact that they give him a, a point. He got two points today and he did nothing. He got two points and did nothing. It doesn't matter. He'll be we good. got a comment here yeah, from Paul D saying more luck for trots, right? Yeah, again, so like the the performance we expected out of out of uh, Kiefer Bellis, again, a stroke of luck, not a stroke of genius. There's no way you can convince me otherwise of that. Uh, no, that's not. It's not a stroke of luck when he puts in Thomas Hickey and Thomas Hickey performs the way he does. Like you talk about stroke of genius, right? When things do, when he makes moves like that. And he has intentional purpose behind it. It's not like all of a sudden he said, you know, we're ripping here X, Y, Z. We're expecting, you know, we want Thomas Hickey really to be fired up. We're going to go ahead and rip him in a press real quick. That's going to really motivate him. That, that's what I mean. This is not like a – it was not like a 4D chess move by Barry Trotz. 
that is a simple analysis of, hey, I'm watching practice. I'm active. I know who's performing well. And you know what I mean? Thomas Hickey's been performing well since he's been up here with us practicing every single day. I think he's ready to get his chance. I think he's ready to get some ice time. That's not a stroke of luck. That's a stroke of genius. That's a good That's a good coaching move. Again, like as much as we go ahead and give, um, you know, Barry Trotz stick when he deserves it, that's a good coaching move by Barry Trotz. The whole entire way he handled the, the Bella situation was a stroke of luck, though. <laughs> Big differences. Go okay. ahead, Grump. I feel like you wanted to comment. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think either one was a stroke. I think both. I think he just put in Hickey tonight because he could. I mean, Aho, I guess, hasn't played up to his expectations, and he's always going to play the veteran over the young guy if it's even close. The same thing with Komarov tonight. I mean, Komarov certainly didn't bring anything to the table that Bellows hasn't. Bellows brings more. But he benched the two young guys in, in the place of two veterans. I just think that's the way he operates. And I guess he felt that Aho wasn't doing well enough defensively, which is why he got benched. I don't, I don't even know the man's thinking. I just think it was a bad move. Long term, I don't want to see Andy Green out there on the ice too much. I think he needs a breather. You talk about the older guys and you say like he's taking a step back. I think Andy Andy Green has taken a little bit of a step back. Again, we're winning games right now. I if you want him to be, I think it tip top form, ready for playoffs. I I don't think Andy Green's a guy who needs to be playing the oh, every night. I really don't. I think it's like he's a turnstile out there, and he's definitely not the reason we're winning games. I think you know he does he does an adequate job on the defensive side of the puck. I mean, like the skating though, you could see is significantly dropped off. Yeah, I just, and we mentioned at the beginning of the year what was going to be our problem if you're not giving. If you're not incorporating the younger players to give the veterans a rest, they're going to burn out by the end of the year. And that's what I think we're seeing with Andy Green. I mean, I think his game has dropped. Uh, As to expect, he's a 38-year-old defenseman who is an, who's had an outstanding career. Yeah, I mean, but Father Time is undefeated, right? I mean, you're starting to see the same thing with Johnny last year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, I love Johnny Boychuk, but, you know, at some point in time, it's time to hang him up. The way Hickey played tonight, and again, like you know, I'm not sure how malleable players are there when it comes to like Hickey and it comes to Aho. I have no problem at all with Hickey or Aho getting an occasional start in there for Andy Green. I really don't. I don't think Andy Green's costing us any games. I think Mayfield needs to pick up the play a little bit. I've been less than impressed with him as a whole this season. I thought he's really taken a step backwards. Um, maybe it's because you know him and Letty don't fit well. They don't mesh well. Whatever it may be, he has not played well this season. As you know, when it comes down to the brass tacks, I think Mayfield also needs to be looked at and evaluated because the boneheaded mistakes of still throwing the puck through the middle of the ice when there's no Islander there drives me insane. That's shit you learn not to do in mites. That type of stuff. I don't have tolerance for it. And I'm sure Barry doesn't have tolerance for it either. Yeah, what I don't want to see is when Dobson's healthy, seeing them get starts over Dobson. That's well, there's no way. Dobson's been unbelievably great this season. I, I, I there's no way. That's going to be the case, but I'm just saying I don't want to see that. Moving along there. Brian J says, Avery with a stick wave to Marty was hilarious. I'll give him that. He's a character. Sean Avery's a character. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious there um oof, we've got oh, I, think he was, I think he was dating Alyssa uh, Cutbirth at one point in time uh she played uh stupid Kim on 24. 
We got we got a funny comment here. Brian P saying the Comroff move didn't work for the Islanders. Would have won to <laughs> if the if the if the the Comroff move didn't work for the Islanders. They would have won tonight just with two guys on the first line. Okay. That's what they were playing with anyway with Comroff out there. Actually, uh, one and a half. Sean W saying, are they going to give the C to someone? If so, who would it be? Bailey? Yeah. Question mark. I'm letting you know something. If they're giving out the C, it's going to Josh Bailey. I promise you it is. Whether you like it or not, the C is going to Josh Bailey. I really believe that. What a freaking move. No. I, no. Okay, the C has nothing to do with your play, very little to do with your play on the ice. It has a lot more to do with how well you lead and what you are in the locker room. They're not going to give anyone the C. They're not gonna, he's, he's not dead. He's not dead. They're not going to give anyone the C. He'll just be – they'll just leave the A on them. That, and I'm fine with that. I, let me tell you something. Josh Bailey is a sedate calming, relaxed individual out there. He's not a great hockey player, but, you know, he can talk to referees and relay the information to Barry. Uh, Brian B. saying 10,000 regular season wins. What? Uh, 1,000 Stanley Cups? Or uh, <laughs> That's great, Barry. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm not getting it. 10,000 regular season wins. 1,000 Stanley Cups. That's great, Barry. Playing Lou on the first line, you got to give your head. Uh, you got to give your head a shake, Barry. Okay, okay. I'm glad you read that. There, I was kind of reading. It. I'm like 10,000, 1,000 Stanley Cups. I think I was thinking there was some typo in there, but okay. I'm glad you're able to decipher that there for me. Um, flew right over the top of my head. Uh, Tom White is saying Bailey's secondary assist was generated from the work he did in the corner to steal the puck and protect the puck, make the pass that started the play. Kudos for twelve on that one. Again, like he did a good job there. He was mixing it up. I mean, like. It's funny how that goal actually happens, right? He, they get the puck over there to Wallstrom, who, I mean, like it, it creams off, doesn't actually hit it towards the net, and it just happens to plop right there for Pajot, and he has the wide-open net there too. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, man, that's kind of lucky. It's funny to think that a lot of our goals like that tonight were just wide-open, I mean, like unmissable chances. Jordan Eberle walks in to almost walk and skate the puck into the net when four flyers have their backs turned to the actual play of the puck, and he gets a wide-open shot there on net, and then Josh Bailey gets the puck drilled in his stomach and has a wide-open net. You think about that, and like, man, oh, man, the Islanders had a lot of fortuitous chances and bounces tonight. They play great, but hey, the Flyers didn't do themselves any service with their poor play on the defensive side of the puck and their poor handling of the puck. And on the other side, Kamarov misses a tap in too. So, but he's on your first line. Oh goodness, um, Brian J saying I like Aho's offensive game a lot. Not so much, uh, not much offense besides Dobson on defense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Letty can provide that. Letty's been, yeah, I was about to say, like, Letty's done a really good job offensively. As much as you know, I give Letty shtick. He's been outstanding this season. I think he's done a really good job as of recent too. We only have so many defensemen who can actually jump in the play and make a positive impact. Aho is one of those guys. So is Dobson. And Letty can be also. Uh, and when we are engage our D, it, because, I mean, we're not great up front, you know, regardless of what everyone thinks. We're not a great team offensively up front. And that's why when we do engage our defensive, uh, it helps us a lot on the offensive side. Offensive side. Robert Conti says Hickey just became a better commodity tonight after for a trade. I'm not sure Hickey's going to be shopped around. I mean, but he's getting he's got another two years at two and a half per. You're up against a salary cap. If you can move him as, in a package to perhaps get uh, a serviceable winger, I would do it. Um, I'm I'm just not sure they're they're going to look at anything like that. 
again, like having depth on the defensive side of the puck is important, especially when you talk like an older defenseman there in Andy Green. Again, who knows what we're going to see. If we're already seeing diminishing returns because he's 38 years old, as the season continues to get on, as we're getting more and more games in that closer time period, and as the playoffs kick in, who knows what we're going to see from Andy Green. It's the same thing happened with Johnny Boychuk. And again, like, you know, Andy Green played very well last season. I thought he did a really good job of bringing and inoculating their Noah Dobson into like NHL hockey. Now I think Noah Dobson feels comfortable. The need there for Andy Green isn't as high as it once was before. So again, if you're going to get better production out of a guy like Hickey, Aho, if you're going to get better production out of any defenseman there, no problem at all. And the same thing with Scott Mayfield. Again, I feel like he should always be having his game evaluated. He's just done a poor effort this season. I hope he comes back and goes on a you know a tear here as of as of late. But Scott Mayfield's not been good this season. Yeah, no. Barry's going to live and die with his top six. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, top six defenseman there. Uh, Tommy Baffey says, Bailey was skating well there tonight. Um, and Islander fans need to learn to never get high after a win or low after a loss. Yeah. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, right? That's why I'm – I mean, I thought Hickey played well tonight, but I'm tempering my enthusiasm for him because I know what he's been. Brian B says, let's try to have one show where Bailey's name is not mentioned. Please, let's try. I was about to say, if you think about all the guys we mentioned, there's certain people we mention all the time. We didn't mention Brock Nelson there tonight besides the Ichabod Crane. We I mean, we don't we didn't mention Jordan Everly besides a wide open net. What are you gonna say there, Grump? Selfish play by Nelson after being on the penalty kill for over a minute. Instead of dumping and changing, he continues to press and leads to a three versus two on the other end. That was a selfish play by Nelson. I really put it down to see if uh, Barry would mention how that was a selfish play or Butch would mention how it was a selfish play because if it was Matt Barzell, it definitely would have. But they didn't, of course. So I just I just wanted to make that up. And I thought Nelson did get an assist today, um, but it was a total Bavillier play for that goal. <laughs> but he, he, had, he had a Josh Bailey assist today. Uh, Sean W says Pulak should fire it at the Flyers uh, at a flyer trying to block a shot better than missing the net, and it might make him think twice. I think he should aim for what, whatever he's aiming for. Don't aim for that. Aim for something else. He needs to. I, 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 I'm going to tell a story again about Ryan Kessler, who they said you know when he was for the Canucks, he couldn't couldn't put the puck on net as a winger, and. The whole summer, he just was in his dad's basement, just 10,000 pucks a day, whatever it was. I don't know. A lot of pucks a day. And he became a really accurate shooter after that. Ryan Pulak needs to try that because, I mean, and I like Ryan Pulak. My gosh, you got to hit the net. It's, you know, what are you going to, when Ryan Pulak retires, what are you going to remember? Everyone's going to say the guy couldn't hit the net. The guy had great promise. He had great promise. Could have been a, court, a power play quarterback, but could never find the net. Had a Howard server shot, but could never find the net. That, and that, you know, hey, he's good on the defensive side of the puck, but man, on the offense, he had so much promise, but could never find the net. Uh, Brian P saying 90% of goaltending is how you play in front of him, and that's why Joey McDonald would have good numbers under Barry Trot. Yeah, again, Barry Trot's an outstanding defensive structure coach, unbelievable defensive structure coach. You can pretty much – I'll tell you one thing. I feel confident you could throw almost any goal you want in there, and he's going to play well there uh, with Pierre Greco, uh, being the goalie coach there, Mitch Korn, as well as their Barry Trotz. I mean, they do wonders there for defenses and do wonders there for goaltending. Again, people forget before Barry Trotz came here, we were the worst defensive team in the NHL by a country mile. 100% agree. Barry Trotz's defensive system is outstanding. 
Uh, Kevin H is saying, do you think the reason they dug up Hickey was to get him a look from other teams and means of shopping him? That's the second time we've seen that mentioned. I, I, I don't, don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I just think they, I think they wanted to change something up. And again, like what, what time better than now with Noah Dobson out there in the lineup to say, you know what, Hickey, you know, we think you've done a good job in practice. Cause again, all those guys who are out there in practice busting their ass. You want to be able to give them a carrot every once in a while, especially if they're close to the performance of other players. You want to be able to give them a carrot. And the thing is, what better time than now when Noah Dobson's still out? Because when Noah Dobson comes back in, we're not going to see Hickey. We're not going to see Aho. That's just the sad truth of it. No matter how Mayfield plays, no matter how poor Andy Green plays, they're going to be rolled out there every night. That's not Barry Trotz, though. He does, he's not giving a guy a carrot. He's going to ride his guy's come hell or high water, um, and just strictly addressing the question to get him a look, I don't think that's the case. But if it's an offshoot of something positive that can happen, good for that too. Because, I mean, do we really need Thomas Hickey? Well, probably not. And if you can move him and get something else, even if it's a draft pick, uh, and get his uh, cap number off the books, good for us. Oh, goodness. Uh, we got here uh, David C. saying, how about Oli kicking some flyer ass, Grump? Absolutely. Ollie, not Oli. Oliver oh, Wallstrom. Oliver Wallstrom. Okay. Oli. Absolutely. I just love – I mean, you know what? The kid's not – he's not afraid to mix it up. I love him more every day. It, was wasn't, it wasn't a great fight, but, man, I told you before, he's not afraid to drop the gloves, and I see the same feist that I see in, in a Matt Barzal. See, I love the players that have that little feisty edge. That's the edge of their game. I'm, like I said – if he would have scored a goal, he would have had a Gordie Howe hat trick. It would have been great. We got another comment here from Tommy Baffy saying Casey just earned his new contract. I, again, like I have, if they bring Casey back, I'm praying it's short term. I really don't want to see a three or four year deal. I think Casey's played well this season. I do not want to see a three or four year deal. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I okay, we're up against the cap. At some point in time, you're going to have to move on from the veterans and put the young guys in there. You Either that to, or the veteran has to take a pay cut. Right, but you realize you were up against a cap every year because you keep on overpaying for older players. You got to put the young guys in there, and that brings me to a comment. Shannon spoke with Lou Lamarillo on Thursday night, and he went again, and I just have a question. This is a question for anybody. Lou said, you know, everyone knows I like to have the guys get overripe where – you know, they're more than ready to come in and play. Can you really afford that in the salary cap era where you're burning years off of entry level contracts? Uh, you know, no, and again, like I, I want to intervene here. You talk about it, right? I mean, Brendan went ahead and spoke about that there on the actual broadcast. He said, you know, the way, you know, the, the league has changed there since the salary cap era. You want to be able to get better production out of those younger players running our cheaper, more manageable contracts where they're overperforming. So, yeah, I think you're right there. I, I do, I do, I do know what you mentioned there. Um, so we got a comment here from Sean W saying, Grumpy hasn't been grumpy tonight. He's even paid some respect to Hickey. You're on tonight, Grump. Well, here's the thing. When we win, I'm happy. I mean, not everything is perfect. Not everything. Believe me, nothing is perfect. Unless we win a Stanley Cup. I mean, then I'm happy. But, you know, but I'm going to call it the way it is. 
I want to. I want to call one thing bullshit, Grump. You would be the guy who, as soon as we won a Stanley Cup, you'd be because I know how you've been with Tom Brady and the Patriots back when you're rooting for the Patriots. As soon as they won a Super Bowl, you're like, oh well, now we're on the next. That's the mentality you have. That's just the person you are, Grump. You're never like content there for more. And there's nothing wrong with that. True winners there have. I mean, true competitors and true winners have that mindset. They try not to get. Uh, they try to get places. Jerry Springer says, "What is Grumpy Old Man's real name?" He also says, "What is Grumpy Old Man's?" Credit card number, three-digit code, and expiration yeah. date on uh, the back. I can't. I can't give you that information. <laughs> oh goodness! I will uh, say my parents made my name really short because they figured, you know, if he's stupid, we'll make sure that uh, it'll be something he can remember. <laughs> Jerry also says, "What is a grumpy old man's favorite type of cheese?" An odd question there from Jerry. Always with the odd and interesting questions. I love mozzarella it. cheese. Is my favorite kind of cheese. Okay, Brian J saying, Grump, the phone is ringing. They want to know if you want to extend your car warranty, this year's car warranty. Did you? I don't, that's right. You haven't had your phone, you haven't had your landline phone ring there in a while. It's late, though. It's late. So, you know, uh, East Coast time is like 11 30 ish. So, I usually I'll get those calls during the weekend. I get them a lot. You know, yeah, my car is expired, whatever. Right there. And uh, Paul D saying three and two since average is gone. Has it? No, I think we've only lost one game. Yeah, three and one. I was about to say, we were on the nine-game winning streak there, and we lost that one game. So uh, you've been three and one there since average has been gone. Uh, The Wicked 50 Cal says, "Uh, what's going on, guys? What's going on? A YouTube comment says, not going to lie, I was quite concerned that Komarov was in the lineup. I also was not happy to see Hickey in the lineup, but I absolutely love the dude – I can at least bear him, to be honest. Uh, again, like Hickey played and performed well. That was a good coaching move there by Barry Trotz. And again, if we saw, we if we could expect to see what we saw out of Thomas Hickey, or even somewhat close. I mean, you talk about the depth we have on the defensive side of the puck. I feel comfortable with Aho, and, and you know, me if 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 need be, if anybody gets hurt, or if there's you know a COVID protocol issue, I feel comfortable with Thomas Hickey after seeing what we saw there tonight. It's good to have that comfort, and it's good to have that reassurance there. Defensive side of the pocket, everything's shored up. Yeah. Um, like I said, today, great day. Still don't understand the Comrov move. Burns my butt a little bit. Hickey, I thought he played well. I mean, good for us. I want to I want to win Friday, uh, Monday night. That's all. I'm just I'm, – I'm on to Monday. Gotcha. I met Ron Hextall in real life. He's an absolute asshole. Oh, well, gosh. you know, you all know why. Play for the Flyers. <laughs> two minutes of pessimisticking. I think two minutes of pessimisticking. He says played well. Um, hockey players are the nicest. Andrews Lee purposefully interrupted his post game dinner to take a selfie uh, with me in a game after LA. Um, and he also says, I hate the Fisherman jersey, but I'd be okay with them for a reverse retro jersey. I was about yeah. to say, if they're, yeah. they're not wearing every night, just something like once every 10 games or something every, like, you know, once in a blue moon, I think it's like, hey, the Fisherman's on. Yeah. The reason why they have the third jerseys is to sell merchandise. That's, that's what it's all about. So you want to do something different that get people, you know, hey, that's different. I mean, you look at some of these other retro jerseys, they're fantastic. They're just great. I love I wish I just wish they would have done that. Just a little bit of imagination. Just try. Hey, and Tom White says, bring the copper alls back. I don't know, maybe that's something you know, Grump. I'm not sure what that is. No, I don't know either. Okay. <laughs> um and then David C says, TJ, how about you shout out the Islanders? Mis- yeah, I told you, Islanders Misery. I tell you, if I'm talking about the, the groups I love, Islanders Misery, 
I love them too. Again, like Drive for Five and Isles Mystery. I like them there, those Facebook pages for certain. Again, get along with a lot of the people on there. Again, like they're they're not so much you know, they throw a whole bunch of ideas out there. And again, like the, the most important thing I, I feel about like in the Islanders community and when you're talking hockey is to actually think, not just believe everything you've been fed, to think there for yourself a little bit. I think that's always important. It's that's with everything in life. Think uh, a little bit. That's why I try to take the contrarian point of view on a lot of things. I don't want everyone just to believe the company line because they're, you know, they're self-serving. So, I mean, just, just watch things with open eyes. That's, that's the most important thing you could do. And then uh, Jerry Springer says, serious question for the grump. Who do you think is the top uh, embellisher slash diver? It's easy. (laughs) To ever play in the NHL. And who is the worst diver to ever play on Long Island? I don't know what he means by worst diver. I mean, like, he dives the most. Who was the person you thought embellished the most? Matt Barzell. Absolutely. He's a diver. Now he's doing it less this year, but the the top diver of all time, Bill Barber. Oh, my God. Played for Philadelphia. I mean, that guy would come off the feet. I mean, they used to hold up signs, 9.5. I mean, that guy was always diving. And it hurt him at the end of the career because, you know, when you dive all the time, you're not going to get those calls from the ref. And that's what happened to Matt Barzell last year. He wasn't getting those calls. I mean, he did draw a penalty tonight. Nice job on a cross check to the head. How come that wasn't four minutes? We'll let that slide. Um, But, uh, you know, Bill Barber without that. Gotcha. Frank Hayes saying, I never want to see those disgusting fisherman jerseys ever again. I'd rather be hit. I'd rather be hit by rocks endlessly than see those jerseys. Oh, goodness. That's uh, vehemently. Too much pessimistic saying, uh, win tonight means Hickey and Conroff plays next game. Grumpy's going to have a meltdown. I, you know what? I, the way they played there tonight, Grumpy's actually been relatively – he's been relatively passive. He's been happy. Again, like you can't complain when you have a performance like that tonight. It was dominant from start to finish. Yeah, but I, that, that's what I'm afraid, though. We're going to see – Komarov in particular on the first line. What until we lose another game? I mean, I, I just, I just, there's no upside with Komarov. I mean, I guess that's my biggest concern. And then he says there, uh, Flyers played poorly. And he says also replace Green with Aho. Aho has a lot of the offensive capabilities, but a smallish. Uh, but I'll take that. Um, got a few more comments here. Again, like if I think Andy Green long term is going to need a little bit of time. He's going to need time there. Rest as well as the season continues, that the grind continues there. He's 38 years old, was an outstanding defenseman. He's going to need a little bit more time. Like, for example, I think the Washington Capitals need to be slowly trying to like siphon off some of the minutes and give, you know, Zdeno Chara a break every once in a while, too. Again, like a big guy, he's got long strides, everything like that. I think it only bodes well long term for the older individuals. Uh, Brandon's saying, I love watching your stream. It's a YouTube, YouTube comment. He says, uh, I love watching your streams. Uh, it's the best part of my day to come here and watch your streams while I pleasure the inside. Oh, goodness gracious. Not at all what I wanted to read. Oops. <laughs> I didn't read the whole comment. Oh, goodness gracious there, Brandon. He caught me there. Uh, we'll have to delete that there in post. Uh, definitely not at all what I wanted to have that. Oh, God almighty. Um, hockey players are the nicest. Anxiously, purposely interrupted. Okay, I'm sorry. I, you know what, Grump? I am flustered after having that there on it. As, as G-rated as we try to keep these podcasts. Yikes almighty. I apologize there for that. Um, Jesus. Uh, I got another comment here saying, um, I just wish Pulak would hit the net more. Imagine a power play of uh, Barzal on the goal line, Wallstrom on the left uh, left wing circle, Pulak at the point, Jean-Gabriel Pajot in the bumper, and then maybe Bailey on the right wing side. Um, 
or okay. Brock Nelson on a white right wing side, as he also says. Okay. Yeah. Uh, We're I, not I, listening I, there, Chrome. I'd like to hit see Pulak hit the neck one once. I couldn't get past the first sentence. I'd like to see him hit the net once. <laughs> I mean, uh, for me, my power play: Dobson, Barzell, uh, Pajot, Wallstrom, um, and and Nelson. That that or or Everly or Everly. That'd be that'd be my top power play. Gotcha. Um, he said we lost to the Capitals in the Flyers. I guess we did. Did we lose? Yeah. Okay, that's right. We did lose to the Capitals. That's right. Again, again, it feels like that Capitals game. Even though we lost, yeah, I, that's right. We did lose to the Capitals. That Capitals game, I was not upset with the loss. Maybe that's why. Again, I really wasn't upset with the Flyers loss either. But we did lose to the Capitals game after the outstanding first period. Maybe it's because we played so well. I didn't even really view that as a loss. But maybe that's what I'm thinking. Maybe I'm trying to rationalize my ways and not thinking that was a loss. But yeah, we did lose there to the Capitals and the Flyers. So we're three and two there, Grump. Yeah, you're right. Thanks, Paul. You got me. God almighty, Grump. I just believe what you say, too. But I did think we had only lost there. We'd only lost one game since he's been I out. I got the home winning streak. Gotcha. Uh, David C is saying a Met snow job while he was the Honors General Manager. He was a total tool. Um, well, you know, I every, all the guys, uh, I don't know. Everyone I've met has always been really, really nice. Maybe just it's when I, I, I don't know. What yeah. the hell are you? What the hell are you doing, Grump? Come on now. You, I, you said I don't know. He's just you no yeah, comment I, there I, on stuff. It's nice. I don't want to. I don't want to pump my own tires. But I'm kind of an affable person, so everyone's kind of nice to me. <laughs> I can just say that. I mean, I, I've never had really people come up. As much of a grumpy asshole as you could be here on, on the live stream, you're nice when you first meet people. Is that what I'm gathering? Talk to people. When I talk to people individually, I'm nothing but nice. Nothing but nice. Everything positive. Gotcha. Um, two much for six thing. I'm surprised Grumpy didn't recognize copper rolls. I, I know. And once somebody tells me, I'll remember. They were the pants the Flyers wore. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it's the Flyers. Hate the yep, and here we go. Those are the God, God Grump. Oh, you're supposed to be the long pants, the long pants. Yeah, yeah, I remember them now. Oh yeah. goodness! Oh, know. here we go. People are hitting with the copper rolls all the time here. The full length pant, the Flyers warm in the '80s. Oh gosh, Grump, that should have been right up your yeah. alley. You hate the Flyers so much. Yeah. It's, the flyers. it's the Flyers. It's the Flyers. I don't care about them. Oh goodness gracious! Um, they were kind um, of. <laughs> uh grump uh and uh tj uh is dobson a future norris trophy candidate i think he'll yeah. be the best defenseman on the team within the next year and a half um gotcha I don't, I mean, we don't we don't his thing the answer is no to that because the norris trophy isn't what it's been in the past uh it's, it's all points it's all points now we got a con here. Brian B saying, I'm crying here, TJ. What's that? Hold on. Was that? I don't know. Like, I'm trying, I've got to look back at who made. Okay, it was a guy named Brandon made that comment. No, God. And then David C was saying, Grumpy looks like he saw a ghost after that YouTube comment. Yeah, for certain. Again, I apologize for showing that there on stream. I, I didn't get the entire read. I read about the first half of the sentence, and that was it. Grumpy, are we, are we disturbing you? You're on your phone. What's going on here? I got, Okay, okay. Here's the thing. I didn't eat dinner tonight, okay, truth be told, and my son is out, and he's on the way home. He's like, do you want me to pick you up something for dinner? 
So, I'm like, so that's why we've lost your lost your lost your uh, attention here. Don't worry, we're wrapping things up. Uh, I got a few. We didn't even mention Anatoly Goloshev played very well there. Uh, we actually mentioned it there on the last podcast. Officially signed there with the Islanders. Uh, John P says, "What do you think the Islanders how or how do you think the Islanders will utilize Anatoly Goloshev?" Grum. Yes, uh, I don't think he'll play for us. He's five foot seven. Uh, he's five just, eight. Again, like he's not. He, <sighs> He's, I just think he's I, – I think he's just Bridgeport material at this point in time. Bullshit, Grump. Come on now. He played well. He's played well for – he's played – I can never pronounce that Russian team's name he plays for. He's played well there over time for him. He leads the franchise and I believe points and goals. Um, and the KHL, again, like I, I don't expect him to come over here and light the world on fire or anything like that, but he might be serviceable. I mean, that's really honestly what I expect. Maybe he'll be serviceable. Uh, got another comment here, also kind of hitting on the same one, saying expectations for Goloshev, third line winger to potentially replace Michael Del Cole. Believe it or not, I actually like him. If you take away his draft position, I think he's a, bot- a solid bottom six player. Can he play defense? Can he play, can he be a, a solid defensive player? That's all I care about. For guys who are bottom six, I don't care if you have any offensive acumen. Oliver Wallstrom's playing there now, but he's going to move his way up eventually. Can you play defense? Oh God! Too much pressure. Six cents. You guys need a seven-second delay. Wink after that card. Oh God! <laughs> See, you should actually be reading the comments before you post them. I do. I do. Grump. I read about halfway through, and I'm like, I make sure I'm like, okay, is this one we're gonna pop up on there? Because you know, as we're rifling through, as I'm trying to go ahead and get the conversation with you, I've got to do a little bit of everything. So we don't have the staff to have somebody else to just handle all the comments here, Grump. Uh, Kevin uh, Kevin H is saying here, uh, how do you see the gold rotation going forward? More starts for Sorokin to avoid a feared uh, Price and Anderson style burnout for volume off ahead of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that would be helpful there for the Islanders. Um, again, like I think Sorokin has been continuing to play well. He needs to work on the rebound control. I'm, I don't think he's going to come out and play gangbusters great or anything like that. It's going to be more of like getting acclimated year for him. Um, but Grump, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you weigh in. I think that we're going to see a 67-33 split the rest of the way. And that will avoid that will avoid the uh, the burnout. You know, playing two out of every three games will be fine for Varlamov, and let Sorokin play, and then you know, hot goalie plays in the playoffs. Gotcha. And the two minutes pessimistic sticking saying here, Bailey should not be on the power play. Um, and then uh, Matt S there is saying here, Wallstrom and that snipe of his. Oh man, scary what it could be for certain. Again, that's a guy where you talk about somebody whose future I'm geeked about and excited about. Oliver Wallstrom, I mean, Noah Dobson, Matt Barzal, really excited about the future here. And again, like Sorokin, too. We really have some big foundational building blocks on the Islanders organization. Oliver Wallstrom scores goals that goal scorers score. The little deflection shots, the the goal today, or the, the assist today was just because goal scorers just have that innate ability where pucks bounce the right way for them, go in the right direction. Bossy had the same thing. And today, the shot is deflected. It goes to Peugeot. He had that little deflection puck that shouldn't had no right of going and goes in. That's what happens when you're a goal scorer. I'm just glad we have one. Grump is hypoallergenic. It's hypoglycemic. Hypoglycemic. Sorry, 
Fugazi. Man, oh man. Okay, Grump. It's late at night. I'm sorry. We're wrapping things up. I haven't eaten dinner time either. All I did was eat a quick bite for lunch. So trust me, I'm going to get some food in too. It obviously has imp- infected, affected, and impeded my ability to read. As I'm sure as you could see, the prior comment I put up on screen as a YouTube comment with some lewd language in it, uh, it has affected my ability to read. I'm blaming it on the hunger, just like you are. Right, Grump? Can I use that? Can I use that excuse too? Is it already worn out? First of all, I'm not blaming anything on the hunger. I just said that my son called me and said, hey, can I get you some food? And I said, yes. Okay. I know, I, know what, I know how to spell and read. Obviously, it's a struggle for you being a former football player. I understand. Too many hits to the heads is what it is. Too many hits uh, to the head. You have CT. That's correct. I gotcha. And the Wicked 50 Cal says, LMO, I just mentioned that talking about their, uh, the comment I posted up. And uh, Dave Cutler saying, Pizza Grump. I love um, pizza. I love pizza. I, I'll give credit there for John Patron there for spelling Golashev there correctly. Uh, and he views Golashev as the next Yankovar until proven otherwise. Yeah. He, okay. For him to play on this team, he has to play defense. And it won't be this year. That's for certain. And he's kind of old now, too. <laughs> TJ is hypoglycemic and dyslexic, uh, apparently so, or I just can't read. I just jump ahead and don't actually read all the comment there. Maybe I'll have to improve on that. Uh, Brian B. is saying, great show, gang boys. Thanks. Uh, uh, The Wicked 50 Cal is saying here, uh, my bad for not being clear uh, on the part where I said about the draft position was about Michael Del Cole, and he says Sorokin had uh, been pretty good there tonight, although his rebound control wasn't as great as I would like it to be. Yeah, that he's a work in progress when it comes to the uh, to the rebound control. That's the really the one negative with him is the rebound control at this point in time. Gotcha. He makes saves that Barlamov can't make, but Barlamov is better for the most part with rebound control. Gotcha. And thanks there, David C. There and Tumas Pesman sticking there, saying great job tonight there, fellas. Thank you so much for everybody who participated there in the live stream. Sorry about that little oopsie there earlier on. Uh, oh, gosh. He says, um, David C is saying, uh, it was AJ in the YouTube comment, Grump. It's payback. Oh, shit. You know, I just want to say about Brandon and his comment. I mean, <laughs> he gets excited to listen to us. Who am I to criticize? I don't care. How he listens to us? Maybe this is just the voice he likes to listen to as he pleasures himself. You know, maybe that's one, something he does. I, I, if I'm somebody not- likes that for the grumpy old man, power to him. I mean, you got to have, you got to have a, a good mental mental fortitude. I'll tell you that much. I'm going to say, all right, I don't judge. And obviously, Brandon knows what he likes. So, <laughs> and two minutes of pessimist sticking saying, David Cutler, strong work with that AJ comment. I was about to say, that was, uh, <laughs> I like it. I miss AJ. I got to say, I miss AJ. I miss uh, him not being on there because, I mean, what am I going to do? Pick on Shannon? No, you can't pick on Shannon. And then Tom White says, till next time, till next time there, Tom. And then Matt S. saying, great show. As always, thank you. Uh, One last question here. John P. saying, will Lou pull the trigger on a signing or trade? Not a signing. I think he'll make a trade. I don't know how big it's going to be. And I'm sure I'll be unhappy with it. Oh, God almighty. We'll go more in depth on that as the trade line approaches and gets closer there as we get some more feeling as to what the honors are going to do. But until that time, thank you, Grumpy Old Man, for being a part of the podcast as always. My pleasure.
And thank you so much for everybody who participated there in the live stream and listens there to the podcast. Grumpy Old Man and I are two Islander fans who love to talk the sport of hockey. So thank you so much there for t- participating. And we will see you uh, next Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, Grump, do you have any prediction there for the Islander game? We're going to beat the Flyers. We'll really? beat, beat the Flyers on Monday, yes. That's my prediction. Okay, I got it. I'll go ahead and give us a two points as well there for a win against the Flyers. Thank you again, grumpy old man.